Right. Well, good morning and happy new year. It's our first Sunday of 2024. Last Sunday on New Year's Eve, we, we spent our whole morning praying. And we didn't have a sermon. We didn't have a band up here. We just prayed for an hour. And I thought it was a wonderful way to usher in the, the new year. And hopefully we can just continue that spirit, that spirit of prayerfulness. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, this morning. Um, but today, after praying in the new year last, last week, we're going to talk about the new year this, this week. And what we're going to do is we're going to reflect a little bit, like, like Zeke shared, we're going to reflect on this past year and some of the things that we really believe, some of the areas we believe God is, is moving in and ha- is continuing to move in. We're going to reflect on those, and we're going to look ahead to this next year as, as well and talk through some of the areas that, that we, we would like to focus on this next year. Now, we're not rolling out some flashy new campaign or anything like that uh, this, this morning. If you were expecting that, you may be disappointed. Um, you know, sometimes there can be a pressure at the beginning of the year or the beginning of a season of some sort to come up with something really flashy and exciting. Um, but I think oftentimes that is, 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 is a pressure that comes a little more from corporate America than, than the Bible. And the Bible encourages us simply to do this, to, to recognize what God is doing already, and then to, to walk with Him in that. And that's really what we want to do this morning. We want to recognize what God is doing and then simply join Him in what He's already doing. So actually, a lot of this morning, we're going to, to spend just, just reflecting, just reflecting on what God is doing so this morning, we're, we're going to structure our morning around one simple and short verse, okay? And it's this one, Colossians 4.2. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Now, there are three elements, you could say, in that, that verse. One is prayer, one is watchfulness, and one is thanksgiving. And we're going to touch on each one of those. We're going to do it in reverse order. We're going to start with thanksgiving. And then we're going to move on to watchfulness, just, just looking ahead and, and being, being discerning, sober-minded about what's coming. And then I want to close with a, a, another encouragement just to make this year a prayerful one. Okay. So we're going to start with Thanksgiving. And, and again, this, I believe, is really, really important. You know, there's this famous passage in 1 Thessalonians 5. It says to rejoice always, and it says to pray without ceasing, and it says to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you're asking yourself, what is God's will for my life? You might wrestle with a lot of specific decisions about career and school and all of these things, but if you want to just look at his word and ask, what is his will for your life? Well, his will is to thank him. Is just to give thanks in all circumstances, and we can take that to the bank. And we're going to do that right now. We want to, th- we want to thank Him because God, God is here, and God actively works in our church. You know, it's so easy to, to neglect to recognize that. Okay, just to, to go about our business and forget, no, there's a, there's a real God who's very present here. He is, he is among us, and He is... He, he, he's doing something here. He's not disinterested. He's not far off. He hasn't turned his, his face. He's not uninvolved. No, he's doing something here. 
Sometimes we just forget to stop and say, and just to see that. Well, we like to do that, that this morning, and that is what is going to empower us. If we're going to look forward to this next year, we have to first say, God is here. God's doing something. God is an active, active God in our midst. And so what I would like to start, off, start us off with is, is five ways, five evidences of God's activity here in our church. As we look back over the, next, over the last year or so, can we identify ways that God is moving and then be confident in those? So, number one, God has provided. Now, about a month ago, I uh, gave us a bit of a financial update. And I, I gave some numbers and, and then an invitation to, to, uh, to give at the end of the year. Um, and I described that, and I, I want to describe that again this morning and review some of those numbers and then give us an update about where, where we're at. So, if you remember, um, I, I, I first described just our, our overall financial situation and really our income. And as a church, you all give about a million dollars every year. Okay? That's, that's just the, the typical annual income. Quick math comes out to about an average of $83,000 a month that, that you all generously give, which is, which is amazing. Um, but it's not like it's the consistent $83,000 every month. You know, it's, it, there's going to be more variation, and of course it's, it's skewed, as we described, to the end of the year. And, and churches, along with a lot of nonprofits, they, they see a, a lot of end-of-the-year giving, and so, so monthly giving changes as the year goes along, and what it, what it looks more like is this. It's usually more like, say, $75,000 on a typical month, and maybe two to three times that amount in December. So that's usually how the, how the church budget works. And so then I, I went, uh, went over some numbers from the, the last few years. And so a few years ago in fiscal year 2021, in December, uh, we, we, we saw about $182,000 come, come in here. Okay? Now January, January is always the lowest month. Okay? And so, uh, so in January of 2021, 2020-21, we saw about $64,000. Now, the, the following year, 21-22, was, was about the same, maybe slightly below, but again, around $180,000 in December and then $60,000, $65,000 in January. So that's what we were seeing for those couple of years. And then the, the following year, last year, we saw actually a, a, a pretty dramatic drop-off. And so in December... We, we, uh, we saw a nearly $50,000 decrease in, in our giving, where it came in at about $131,000. Now, this was obviously rattling, kind of concerning to, to us. And um, we started thinking, okay, th- th- things have to change. Things have to change pretty significantly. And I um, haven't shared this real widely, but you know, as, as pastors, we started considering other, other work even. And wondering about taking on maybe a part-time job at least. I, I personally, I was, I was looking into teaching math classes at Front Range Community College a year ago today. Okay? So that's, that's just the mindset. We thought, okay, there, there was a pretty big drop-off there in giving and, and things were going to have to change. That was the beginning of January. But then as January um, rolled along, things began to change. 
And last January, we saw $119,000 come in that you gave. I thought, what is going on here? And I'm pretty sure you, got, you, you all got together and said, let's mess with the pastors this year. <laughs> and it worked. Um, but actually, I think it's probably more likely God, God draws faith out of us. Okay, God takes us on, on this journey, and sometimes it's a roller coaster. Oftentimes it's around finances, where there's church finances or personal finances. God takes you along this journey, and He, he um, does things to convince your heart that He's in charge. Okay, and He's going to do what He wills, but He is going to provide. Okay, so that's what we saw. Uh, last year. Now, as after January, as the spring went on, we, we continued to see strong giving, not exceptional, like, you know, a huge change, but it, w- it was strong, and there was a gradual increase, and all throughout last year, we, we saw that. And at the same time, we received a credit from the government, and, and, and all those things just put us in a, in a very different place. And so about a month ago, we described this to you, and we also described our our situation with this building that we're sitting in right now. And, and remember, um, we bought this building about 20 years ago for $3 million. Well, we got to last, uh, last month, and the, the remaining mortgage on our building was, was about $236,000. And so a month ago, we, we issued a bit of a, a, an invitation and said, you know what, we're in range. Given the savings that we have, if we have a strong December, um, we could probably just, just pay off this building, okay? And, um, and so we invited you to, to do that, and, and we were shooting for about 161000 We thought that was probably about the level that we would need to hit in order to feel comfortable um, just, just paying off the building. So what, what did we hit? Well, we'll drum roll here. You, you all gave, gave 100 <laughs> Gave one hundred ninety-six thousand um, dollars together. Yeah, yeah, and that that is that is extraordinary, and and not just because there's the obviously the advantage of, of paying off the building and sort of removing ourselves from that, that that debt and and how that could free up budget and and all of that, but that represents twenty years of faith, um, just just twenty years of, of faithful generosity. Because every dollar given, it is an expression of faith. It is declaring, God, I trust you with, with my life, my finances as I give. And it's a declaration of, God, God, I believe that you, you are working through the local church. It takes faith. And so it's 20 years of faith um, that is, is culminating to some degree now and so we are going to pay off our building, and we, that hasn't happened yet. But hopefully, as we go through that process in the next few days or weeks, um, we will officially pay off our building. Now we uh, we intend to celebrate that a little more thoroughly. Uh, we don't have plans worked out um, completely, but we would like to celebrate that appropriately. And so, in a few weeks, we we intend to to do that. But but again, that that is something to. To praise God for and um, and just remember again as we're reflecting, God, God is demonstrating His presence, 
And part of that is through his provision. You know, Jesus told us to pray like this, says, give us today our daily bread. There are prayers of provision that we are supposed to bring before him, and he has provided. And so we can, again, confidently say, God, God is in our, our midst. So there's number one. Secondly, second evidence of God just working the, is this. Mercy is overflowing. And I, I really believe this is true. I believe that we see, see mercy, compassion, care, benevolence extending beyond these walls, within these walls and beyond them. Titus, in Titus, uh, Paul writes to Titus, who was a leader of churches, and, and he says this, in talking about the church, he says, let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. And, and if God's moving, that, that happens among his people. And as we look back at this past year, I just think we, we, we have grown and are continuing to grow in this area of mercy and compassion and benevolence. And I think this is going to be very important as we go along this next year, which I'll explain a little later. But as we look back, we, we, we see what happened through our our, our service Saturdays and, and faith family hospitality and adopt a family and the recognition of a new benevolence deacon. And, and one of the more significant things, the, um, uh, the opening of our resource center, which operates every Friday afternoon, um, where, where people come into our, our, our building and they receive. They receive materially and they receive spiritually. And I think these things are, are, are all incredible um, because they re- reflect the heart of God. God is a merciful, compassionate God, and he extends mercy um, to all of us, of course. And, and if we receive that mercy, that mercy is going to continue to, to flow. And so I think we're seeing that. We're growing in that, and we're going to continue to grow in that, I believe. Number three, I believe the next generation is seeking him. I think we see evidences of, of that. Let me read part of Psalm 78. This is a, a, a passage that we often read during child dedications. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And I, I just believe there is a growing faith among the next generation. And we see that at a lot of, lot of levels, and we, we, we see that in, in our, our campus ministry of 242. I, 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 I look at that from a distance, and I say, there, there is faith there. There's a growing faith. There's an effect that that's happening, and there's a community that's, that's growing, growing closer together. Um, I look at our, our high school and middle school min- ministries, and I, I, I again see a lot of faith. I see a lot of, um, just a, 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 a lot of community there and, and growth in numbers, um, there are, between our, our middle school ministry and our high school ministry, there are probably close to to a hundred kids um, that that come at least semi regularly to our our uh, our youth youth time, youth gatherings. And again, it's not just numbers; it is it is faith. It's a faith that's being stirred, and there's a, a unity and a community that I, I believe is growing. And then even among our, our our little kids, what happens back down that hallway? On Sunday mornings, I believe Chad has done a, a fantastic job as, as our, our kids' deacon um, to, to uh, cultivate the love of the gospel among those little kids. And we see it every Sunday morning. We saw it, saw it at our Christmas program here 
um, last month up here on, on stage. You know, during our Christmas program, in the middle of it, when I saw Jason and Brayton rapping <laughs> during the sheep dance, I thought, we've arrived as a church. Okay. So thank you, Jason and Brayton, for taking us to the next level there. But seriously, there is faith growing among young people in this church. And, and the reputation is that faith is diminishing with the next generation. You know, and there's some evidence of that in our country, but I really believe that it's, it's growing and we can be confident that God is, is moving. Number four, the um, laborers are being sent. And uh, again, this is evidence. This is evidence of God moving. Matthew 9, the end of Matthew 9, also it's recorded at the beginning of Luke 2. Jesus tells us to pray in a certain way, a certain prayer. And he says to pray that laborers would be sent out into the harvest field. And that, I believe, is, is happening. And we are, are, are seeing it. When, when we think of, of international missions, even, where we, we've, we've seen a lot of people um, go, they're out there on the field. And every spring, we, we're reminded of that when we go through our missions campaign. But there are several people that, that kind of grew up in this church, grew up in their faith, and are out there. And there are many others, you may not know this, there are quite a few that are in the pipeline, that are really considering going at some point out there. And, and even hard-to-reach places, and she's some of those people up, up there on the screen that are, are considering going somewhere or that are out on the field right now. We also sold over 1,500 pumpkins in October to raise money to send, send a team to Costa Rica. Um, I still have nightmares about pumpkins. You know? It's like I sell one and seven more come back to take its place. And... <laughs> but we sold a lot of pumpkins um, in order to, to help people um, go and be out there. And so, so laborers are being sent. And, um, and again, that, that is evidence of God in our midst. He is moving. And then finally, the, the, word, is being cher- the word is cherished here. I think we can join with Jeremiah in saying this, your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And I think this church loves the word, and that became even more apparent to me over this last year when we went through our, our law series. You know, we studied the Old Testament law, and, and that brought up some difficult issues we had to wrestle with. I think there were a lot of good conversations that came out of that, and, and we, we had, to, had to grapple with different ideas. But through that whole grappling process, I think I was just encouraged and refreshed that this church loves, loves the word. And wants to pursue truth, wants to understand more and more. And again, is evidence of God working. And so I believe that we can clearly see God among us and we can thank Him for it. And we, we want to grow in thanksgiving, grow in recognizing all of what I just shared and more. And when we do, it gives us this power, it gives us this confidence that we can go into this next year. Um, with a, with a faith that has some strength to it. Regardless of what this year brings, we can say, God's here. It'll be okay. 
And he's won the victory. He is moving. He's going to continue to move. He's not going to abandon us. So we can be confident that he's, he's going to continue walking with us. With that in mind, though, let's go to, to watchfulness. Remember the verse said in Colossians 4.2 that we are to pray with watchfulness. And so we, we want to be um, sober-minded, not naive. As we look ahead at this year, there are going to be some challenges. So I'm going to list, list five potential challenges of this next year. Um, because I think a lot of us, we can look forward and say, oh, it could, it could be hard. Okay, there could be some hard things coming up this year. Let me summarize some of those. We are entering another dicey election year. No, don't know if you realize that. But it is coming, again. And I think it's going to get hard. You know, it is going to be hard for our country. I, I, it, it's, it's hard to see a way around that. Um, and, and there's the potential for it to be hard in the church, for wedges to be driven, for offense to be taken. That, that could be coming. Okay? So we, we, we want to be watchful. In our prayerfulness, we are being watchful and we're recognizing that. Number two, global conflict feels especially intense. Okay, I think a lot of us can feel that. There's always global conflict. Of course, we live in a broken world, but it just seems a little different right now. If you think about Ukraine or Israel, um, other challenges from around the world, it just seems particularly intense right now. A few other things. Our, our digital world is constantly changing and presenting new and difficult challenges. I think we can feel that. You know, it's been changing pretty rapidly for a while. Things are much different than they were 20 years ago. 30 years ago, um, but it just seems like it's accelerating. You know, as we anticipate the effects of artificial intelligence and the metaverse and all of this, it can be concerning. I, I think it can stir anxiety in, in us pretty easily. Number four, <clears throat> we will continue to encounter challenges related to sexuality, whether through gender ideology or personal struggles with purity. You know, I think that last one is actually a big one. We can look at, or we can think about all of the global conflict and all the issues out there, but sometimes I wonder, is, is what, what, what's really hindering the church in America is slavery to sexual addiction? Um, and is the church just rendered uh, weak um, because of that? And so that, of course, is, is going to continue to be a challenge. And then fifthly, the, the religious landscape has changed with fewer people attending church or claiming faith and increased hostility towards Christianity. And you can kind of feel that in the air as well. And we've, we, you, you read the, the, the articles and, and, and the studies that, that say there's been this great de-churching over the last few years. And, and uh, there are a whole lot fewer people attending church or, or claiming faith, supposedly. And so we can feel that. And, and it can stir, stir a bit of fear in us. So those things are all true. Again, we're being watchful here. And yet, everything that I shared at the beginning changes how we see all that. That we don't have to be paralyzed by it. We don't have to let fear grip us or anger grip us. Um, but we, again, can be confident. No, no God's here. Okay, if, if, if he's for us, who can be against us? 
And so we can, I believe, confidently go into this, and we can look at all of those things and say, yeah, there's, there's darkness in the world, but there's a whole lot of opportunity there too, because the, the light just looks brighter. And I think we can present a contrast to what's described up there on that screen that's going to be compelling. Hey, we really believe that. And, and hopefully we can walk in that. Because if, if we believe that and we walk in that hope, then, then it will be attractive. And, and I believe that people will be drawn to that. So with that in mind, I want to just go through now five points of emphasis for 2024. Again, these are not just radically new. They're mostly things that we're already walking in, but we might just emphasize a little bit more um, this year. And so these are some things that we, we would like to, to focus on for 2024. Uh, number one, a continued emphasis on ministries that God is already working in, specifically benevolence, missions, and next generation ministries. So I described each of those three ministries in particular just a few minutes ago. just want to continue to, to, to fan those or push, push them. You know, I think each, each one of those, God, God has given us something or stirred in us something recently, and we can continue to walk in Him in those areas. You know, I think of, of, of benevolence or mercy ministry, and I think of 1 Peter 2.12. It says, live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, so that can feel familiar, there's accusation coming, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. There's this persuasive power in simply doing good, in simply pouring out that compassion and mercy of God. There's this transition from accusation to glorifying God. And, and we think that's going to be an important tool for this upcoming year and beyond, that we, we just want to continue to bless our, our community and our world and pour out compassion, pour out the compassion of, of God. And those other couple ministries as well, missions, like I said, there are a lot of people out there on the field and there's a pipeline of people preparing and thinking about that, and we want to fan that into flame. Again, we're under this mandate from Jesus to make disciples of all nations, and so we'd love to continue to see that. And, and then with the next generation also, um, as I alluded to earlier, uh, you, you hear the stats of how, how, how Gen Z, their, their faith is declining, and, and there's um, um, it's the most unchurched generation and all that. And yet, at the same time, I also read, read articles that say, although the, it, it is the most unchurched generation, it's also the most open. Okay, there seems to be something bubbling up there, and that there's an openness, there's a spirituality, there's an intrigue from, from that generation that, that I believe that can be ministered to. You know, I think um, there was a similar attitude of, of young people in the towards young people in the 60s because the things were changing so dramatically and, and the younger generation was going crazy, so everybody thought. Um, but then out of that, the, the Jesus movement of the late 60s and 70s came, and, and you can just wonder, is there something, something like that going to happen? I think a lot of people with their eyes on things say, we, we may be on the verge of that. So we just want to continue to emphasize those those ministries. Now, I'm going to, for each of these points of emphasis, I'm just going to give you a couple um, 
practicals or, or specific opportunities to, to walk in this, this emphasis. Okay, so for, for this one, let me give you these two. Number one, um, volunteer at our resource center, which is open each Friday afternoon from 1 to 4 p.m. Again, I think this is a significant ministry that, that we've embarked on in just the last few months. And if you haven't yet, um, join us on a, on a Friday night. You can sign up. There's a registration for, for a sign-up on, online. Um, but, but please, come be a part of that. I, I think there's, there's a lot of ministry to hap- happening to people in, in great need through that. And then secondly, take the perspectives class. We've talked about this off and on for the last few months even. We're hosting the perspectives class starting next week. And this is related to, to missions and God's, God's vision for the world, his, his global mission. So the perspectives class starts next week. And we're going to be hosting it throughout this, the, the spring, Sunday afternoons from 2 to 5. Um, next week is, it, we don't fully get into the class, it's actually just sort of an overview and registration time where we explain and, and give some vision for the class, and it's going to be a shorter time, probably an hour or maybe a little bit more. So we have that overview, and then the following week on the 21st, it officially starts with lesson one and then lesson two on the 28th, but all three of those weeks are free. So you may be on the fence wondering, uh, can I really do this? Can I swing this financially? Can I swing this with maybe, maybe the bigger question is, can, do I have the time to invest into this class? Well, I just want to say come for these free weeks. Okay, just get a taste of it. Without any kind of commitment, you can just come and, um, and see what it's all about. And, and I, I, I think um, a lot of you may, may feel like, yeah, I, I, I do want to jump into this this semester because I think it will change your perspective in a lot of ways. It'll, it'll stir purposefulness in you. Okay, so those are a couple practicals um, in that area. All right, second point of emphasis this year. The cultivation of biblical wisdom in an effort to offer compelling responses to the complex issues of our day. It does feel like, like it's confusing out there. Like there are a lot of issues that are, that are hard to grapple with. We feel like we need to hone our biblical wisdom, our, our biblical thinking. And, and, and so we want to do that in a variety of ways. I'll read 1 Peter three fifteen through 16. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Now, there's a lot actually in these couple of verses, but I want to point out a few things. Number one, um, it says to, to, to make this defense, but it's actually in response to a question. The, the implication is that non-believers ask Christians about their hope. And they're asking about Hope, like hope, is supposed to be very, very apparent to the world. When they look at the church, you see a hopefulness. Now, again, that's going to be really important this next year. I think hope is going to be waning in, in, in a lot of corners of the, the country and the world. We want to display that hope. But when, when people are intrigued by something that they see in us, we should be ready. We should be prepared to make a de- defense. And I think that just takes a thoughtfulness. That takes thinking through, 
okay, how, how, how do I respond biblically to some of these questions that we are, are bound to receive? Well, we want to help, help all of us as a church to respond well. Um, and, and again, believing that there is a persuasiveness here. When we do present that hope, we, we, we just, just demonstrate a hope, and then we respond with, with thoughtful answers, and we do it with gentleness and respect, then, then there's a conviction that's brought. There is a persuasiveness in that. And so we, we just want to hone our biblical thinking and wisdom. And so, so a couple practicals there, um, and these are, these are a little, little general, but I'll throw these out. Number one, resolve to begin this new year with a committed approach to Bible reading. Okay, we're at the start of the new year. This is a great time to think, how am I going to read the Bible this year? There's lots of great plans out there. Um, you might consider those. I, I actually I, we, I have a handful of, of, of plans that I'd love to pass on to you at some point. I might make those available in some way. Um, our, our family has taken on a plan together. We're just going to be reading the Word, and we just want to be um, diligent about that. And so I just I want to encourage all of you, think about that. How are you going to approach reading the Bible this year? Do you want to try to read, it, read through the Bible, the whole Bible this year? Or maybe it's just you, you haven't read much of the Bible. Maybe you're going to try to read through the New Testament this year. Um, but I'd, I'd really encourage you to come up with some kind of a plan. And again, I may get some tools out there for you to give, give you a little guidance. And then secondly, um, not a lot of details here, but I just want to say be ready to explore complex, complex issues later this spring and beyond. Let me give you a little bit of a preview what we're thinking. First for our Sunday morning, so starting next week, we're going to start into the book of Galatians. Now, we feel like Galatians will be a great follow-up to our law series, for one, but also it's just going to center us on the gospel. Okay, okay, we want to undergird ourselves with the gospel through the book of, of Galatians, and so we're going to do that. Um, after that, on Sunday mornings, we are, are, are going to go through a more of a topical series, and, and we're going to address some of the issues in our world and how we interact with the world, maybe, maybe more practically. And so we're going to do that on Sunday mornings, but we'll probably have some other tools also, whether that's through glass classes or different resources that we want to equip you with, we're going to try to be more intentional about equipping our, our thinking this year. So, so later in the spring, we want to think well together about these, these issues. So just be ready for that. Number three, <clears throat> The fostering of a church culture that invites proactively and welcomes warmly. I mentioned earlier this great de-churching. A lot of people in recent years have stopped going to church, and it seems pretty significant. And that can be concerning, obviously, um, but in articles that I've read recently, it's sort of interesting that a lot of the reasons for that de-churching, for people um, when, when they stop coming to church, a lot of those reasons are much more mundane than we might think. It's not necessarily that people have, have developed this philosophy and have gone through this, this process of deconstructing their faith. Of course, that happens. Um, but it seems like the surveys are showing that a lot of people just sort of stop going. Of course, that happened over covid and it stopped and really never came back. There's just a drift there. I mean, there are a lot of people who are not 
involved with a church, not because there's this huge hostility, opposition towards the church, um, but just it hasn't quite worked in life or, or they just, just haven't, haven't taken that step. And I think I, it's easy for me to convince myself everybody's hostile out there. Nobody would respond to an invitation to church or just an invitation to a spiritual conversation even. Yeah, there's, there's, they're all antagonistic, but that's not the case. There's a small slice that are, but I think there are a lot of people that are more indifferent, but probably very open to just, just uh, trying out a church community. And so I hope we can go into this year believing that. As you look around at your circles and your community to say, you know what, I bet, bet there are a lot of these people that maybe I haven't, I haven't talked to or had that conversation with, but they, they, might just, they might just join me in coming on a Sunday morning or to a small group or something like that. I think that, that people are hungrier actually out there than we, we think they are. They're less hostile than we tend to think. And so we want to, to invite well and then welcome well. You know, I, th- I think we're actually doing pretty well at, at, at that. I have heard quite a few people that have visited our church, say in the last year, and, and it stood out to them how many people greeted them. It doesn't always happen. Of course, things slip through the cr- cracks and everything, but in general, I've felt or I've heard that that, that has been, been true. And so I think we can say, well done, but let's... Let's do so even more and, um, and really believe that okay, we, we have a community here that, that demonstrates hope and as we invite people into it and welcome them with a radical hospitality, um, that, that lives can be changed. So practically for this one, determine to offer invitations to unchurched friends this year. You just make that a little bit of a resolution um, as, as we go into this next year. Think through your circles again. Pray for them. And then you could even just join our hospitality ministry here, here on Sunday mornings and to, to very intentionally um, uh, welcome people. All right, number four. I think this is an important one. The pursuit of peace and unity in order to offer a contrasting and compelling witness to a tumultuous and divided world. I think we just want to have a priority here. Peace and Unity. By peace, not just peace with, with each other, but even in that internal peace, that settledness, okay, where, where there's a, a confident faith moving forward. Because if we have that settledness and we have a, um, a, a unity among us, again, it's, it's extremely compelling. Those things are not common in the world. Okay, our world feels very unsettled and anxious right now. And, of course, our world is very divided. And so can we determine to fight for peace, fight for unity here? I think that's something we really want to focus on. Okay, so, so let's re- resolve to, to make that a very, very high priority. I'm going to read, read the verse there, Philippians. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may bl- be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You, you are a light if, if you do this. 
you're not grumbling or disputing, you shine pretty brightly, actually, in today's world. So practically, <clears throat> commit to fellowship and fight for it. Um, please go into this year with that kind of attitude. Maybe it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a time to step into uh, a fellowship more intentionally. You know, maybe that's joining a small group or something like that. Just say, I, I want to have a consistent fellowship and community, and so I'm going to commit to that, and then I'm going to fight for it. Okay, and as all of these challenges come up this year, I'm, I'm going to defend this fellowship and the unity that we have here. Okay, can you just commit to that? So, so commit to fellowship. Find, find that fellowship if you don't have it. Again, you can talk to any of us as pastors, and we'd, we'd love to help you get connected to, a, to a, a smaller community, but then fight for it. And then secondly, consider participating in one of our, our sexual purity groups. Now, I, I mentioned this just as I was, I was talking about that, that inner sense of peace and settledness. Knowing that this can be a huge issue, this, this could be something to address in your life as as there could be a huge gain in that, that experience of settled, settled peace. Okay? So, um, I mentioned earlier that, that I do think this is a huge, huge problem that can be uh, stripping us of a, a lot of our strength in the, the church, both here and just the, the American church in general. Um, I shared in a, a sermon several months ago that statistics tell us that two-thirds of men in the church struggle with pornography in some way. And surprisingly so, or, or at least what's not talked about, is that uh, one-third of, of women do as well. So a full half or more of the church struggles with probably some form of sexual addiction. So it's a, a huge challenge, I think, in, in our world. And so we want to address that more intentionally. And so we have a couple groups starting up, actually one for, for women and one for men. Um, next month. And I wanted to invite you to consider that um, if, you, if you struggle in this area. And I think these are, both of these groups are, are for those who may be struggling with some form of sexual addiction, perhaps, or maybe still wrestling because of sexual trauma. Or maybe it's, it's not a current struggle for you, but you just want to help others. Um, you want to partner together. You know, so maybe you have a friend who is struggling here, but it's, it's really hard to come to a group like this, and you just want to be there for them. Or you want to be trained in how to help people in this area. Okay, all of those, all of those categories are, you know, we, we invite you to these. And so um, I don't have, have, have the details here, but I just want to want you to, to know that starting next month, we're going to have two different groups one, there's going to be a book study uh, through a book called Sexual San Sanity for Women. It's going to start in early, early February. We're going to send out details, like logistics about these. But you can contact Linda or Adriana about that group. And then um, Andrew Meyer is going to take a, a group of men through the, the Conquer video series and, and facilitate some discussion around that as well. And so... Again, I just would love to encourage you, if you 
you know, as we talk about this, as if anything kind of stirs in you and you say, yeah, I, there's a struggle there. Maybe this is the year to, to, to address it more head on. Um, I, I just highly encourage you to reach out to one of those guys. You know, email them and say, you know what, I'm, I'm at least interested. At least love more information. I think that could be really huge. All right. And then, fifthly, a deep reliance on prayer. Okay, so back to our verse, Colossians 4.2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. I, I think we, we have to, we, we can't be naive about this year. Okay, we've got to be watchful. We've got to understand that it's, it's going to get hard in different ways. I think we all feel that. But I think we can respond in a variety of different ways. We, we can respond with fear. We can respond with anger. We can join in the vitriol. Or we can respond with prayerfulness. And I think we should do that one. And I think that I just feel more of an urgency to have us as a church really prioritize prayer. Okay, we have to be relying on God and calling on Him for strength and for answers, for transformation. And I, I want to encourage all of you, if there was nothing else that, that today you would determine, say, I am going to, I'm going to take some steps in my prayer life. I want to unite with others, or I want to develop my own personal prayer life. I just, I need to, to, to build, be built up in, in prayer. I was talking to someone earlier this, this week, and she was describing how, how she wasn't always a prayer, she is now, but she had to build her prayer muscles. And I think that's very true of prayer. You know, some, prayer is hard. It's always where the battle is. It's always hard to pray together. You may have noticed that. If you've been a Christian very long at all, you, you realize that prayer times are the hardest to make happen because that's where the battle is. But I do believe that we can grow and we can be strengthened in our, in our prayer life. And even last, last week, we all prayed together for an hour. And I know coming into that, what all of us can feel like, it's like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to pray for a whole hour. Um, that feels hard. And then I bet a lot of you had the experience, you did it, and at the end, you said, that went really quick, quick, and we didn't pray for nearly what we needed to. <laughs> and that happens a lot in times of prayer. So I just want to encourage you to take some little step in your prayer life. We, we must be a prayerful church. We must grow in this area. So I can give you a couple, couple practicals. Number one, this is pretty general, but utilize prayer tools that we will soon be offering. Again, we're going to roll out some, um, some practicals when it comes to prayer, some tools that hopefully you can utilize. Um, so that's, that's coming down the pipe. Um, so, so look for it, but, but just be ready for it. Be ready to embrace that and move forward in prayer. And then just very simply, what you can do, do now, join us on Sunday mornings before the service. You know, we have a prayer meeting every, every Sunday morning. There's a picture of it right there. 45 minutes from 8.30 to 9.15. Come, come and join us. Build your prayer muscles through, through that time. 
join with others who, who may be those prayers. Maybe you don't feel like you're a prayer. Well, join with others and let them walk you into that and, and grow, grow in prayer. So, those are just a few things that we want to emphasize. But if nothing else, again, let's, let's make sure that we are thankful and prayerful. Okay, we're, we're going to live out Colossians 4.2, that we're going to continue steadfastly in prayer and even grow in it, being watchful and thankful. We're going to remember what God has done, thank Him for it, and let, let the recounting of the deeds of the Lord empower us in our prayers and in our anticipation of, the, of this next year. So with that, I invite the band to come on back up. We're going to sing one last song. But as they're coming up, let me, let me pray for us. And we want to close, obviously, with, with prayer and commit this next year to God. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, I thank you that we can speak to you and our words do not fall on deaf ears. You're not too busy. You're not disinterested. You listen. You are pleased by our prayers. But I pray that you would convince us of that reality. As we go into this next year, convince us that you, you listen and are pleased when we come to you in prayer. And so help us to remember your presence. Help us to remember that you, you are working. You have worked in powerful ways. You, are, are, you have pro- provided Financially, you are, are building up the next generation. You are sending out laborers. You, you are, are, are giving us a love for the word. Mercy is overflowing. Um, and there is much evidence of you working here. Let us be confident in that. Thank you for it. And then be empowered for this next year. So take us into this next year with a hope-filled prayerfulness, not a fear, not an anger. But let us have hope in your already won victory. And let us pray accordingly. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.